That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way that the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't even worry because we're talking about the movie this week. Here's The Prisoner of Azkaban, the film, the podcast episode. Um, sorry, I haven't started yet. I'm looking up nice complimentary adjectives so I don't make the same mistake I do every fucking recording. What? <laughs> just, just you wait. Just you wait. Just you wait. I'm good. I can't, cannot do it. Welcome to the restricted section. It's me, your host, Christina. I'm delighted to be joined today by the, scroll down, scroll down, uh, uh, in, uh, inventive Haley. Yeah, all right, I'll allow it. <laughs> And scroll down, scroll down, scroll down the, oh, wait, this one's funny. <laughs> um, okay, I won't say that one. Um, the elegant Mary Clay. Wait, no, I need to know what the one that you were saying, <laughs> I can't say that one was. I was about to call you. <laughs> oh, I'm, any, I'm, if anything, I, I am sleek. Yes. Sleek over elegant? That's me. I am both. Okay. She's beauty okay. and she's grace. <laughs> Her name is Mary Clay. <laughs> okay, here we are. And scroll down, scroll down. And I am super excited to introduce our very special guest this week, the amazing, awesome, excellent, fabulous, fantastic, incredible, outstanding, splendid, super wonderful Ethan Edgehill, co-host of Bacon and Eggs. Hello. We're so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here. I was sitting there like, resist the urge to wave, resist the, because we're on a Zoom call. <laughs> But it's a podcast, and I've been doing podcasts for four years, and I still don't know how to podcast, apparently, because I wave every time. Hi, I'm Ethan Edgehill, host of Bacon and Eggs. The listeners can hear the wave. That's what I like to think, is that I the wave comes through in in a way. That it, it conveys it, it that energy. through the mic, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, um, Ethan, tell us a little bit about your pod, your network, what you do. Hi. Uh, so I am a uh, full, not full-time, but a, a mostly part-time podcaster and i make a show about movies i make a show about dungeons and dragons and i own a diy podcast network that makes shows about all kinds of things including uh mary clay's other podcast uh that's what i'm talking about a show where she does way better at podcasting than i ever I just could held, i just held up a, i just did the same thing ethan did where i held up a peace <laughs> sign to acknowledge she's oh. cool she's casual it's an audio throwing podcast. up the deuces I am a freelancer in, in all kinds of different uh, media, uh, pro- a semi-professional photographer, a musician, um, and a guy who collects things, I guess, too many things. Lego sets, <laughs> final records, cameras, you know. It started out as a brag and it turned into a confession. I mean, it's, it, it's every brag is a con- inside every brag is a con- because like, I don't know. I'm proud of these things. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. You caught me in a weird a weird moment, apparently. Oh, I'm glad. All Th- of your- you're in the right place. All of your adjectives caught me off guard to the point where I'm like, I just <laughs> need a to lot spill of adjectives. my guts. Somebody's letting me talk about Harry Potter. I'm excited. <laughs> Here's the thing. Every single episode, I'm like, I'm so happy to be with the lovely Haley. And then the, I, and then I, that's always the last adjective I can come up lovely. with. And then I'm like, and then there's also Mary Clay. <laughs> <laughs> She's here, too, for what it's worth. It's there's me. the lovely Haley and this person who I like, I guess. <laughs> I guess. And I've gotten into 
in trouble, so I looked. That's ridiculous. the most Mary Clay way to introduce Mary Clay, though. <laughs> it would be, yeah. <laughs> so, Ethan, tell us a little bit about your very hairy history. When did you read the books? If you did, when did you watch them? What's up? I guess it was probably 2001 when I first read the books. Um, I got Sorcerer's Stone and uh, Chamber of Secrets from the like Scholastic book catalog. Not the book fair, but like when they would give you the catalog, you'd have to go home and like mark mm-hmm. off the boxes. And, wow. uh, you know, your mom was sending a check. And my mom was like, hey, I've heard about these Harry Potter things. You should read them. I'm going to get them for you. And I was like, okay. And I got them and I was like, wow, this is rad. And then my church was like, you're the devil. <laughs> no, die, no, kid. No. And I was like, oh, man, I really like these things. Then. This is cool. It's like, I'm uh, 12. I'm so edgy. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I was like, I am nine years, eight years old. Please don't tell me to go to hell. Um, and then I saw I saw all the movies whenever they came out and when whatever year that was. I learned today this movie came out 17 years ago. Uh, wow. Somehow, 17 mm, yeah. years ago. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I believe that. That makes sense to me. Uh, no, so, no. 2004 was five years ago. So that's, right? yeah. that, uh, I mean, that's, yeah. that just doesn't make any sense. So I'm not quite a day one with the series, but I, I'm as close as I guess you can be for being born when I was. Yeah. Because the first book came out when I was literally so. Yeah, that's a little advanced. I, I went to, I used to go to the midnight premieres of the books at my local Barnes & Noble, Ooh. where everybody would dress up in Harry Potter costumes, and we would get our, like, fancy copies. And we did that for five, six, and seven. Um, yes. Oh, it's so fun, man. I love that. Have I ever confessed on this podcast that I never did that once? I don't know. I f- I feel like a lot of people did and like I just my birthday was always like a couple days after the books came out so I just sat at home and waited for it to be placed into my hands. <laughs> oh by the time by the time 7 came out like me and mom went at midnight to get the book and then I went home and read it straight through. Yeah, and then just like and then just like walked into her room and just like dropped it in front of her and was like here woman like I'm read this book. book. <laughs> She's yeah. like, was it good? And I'm like, I'm not saying anything. anything. <laughs> not saying You're definitely gonna read it. If anyone <laughs> lives or dies or is revealed to be a rat. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll see. Yeah, well, only time will tell. So Ethan, do you identify in particular with any Hogwarts house? Um so the I've taken the quiz twice and I firmly believe in in quiz over everything else. Okay. Um and so the first, I used to be a Ravenclaw, and then Tyler and I took the quiz again. Tyler, my other co-host from my uh, podcast, Bacon and Eggs, took a quiz as like a YouTube video. And that told me I was a Gryffindor, and I don't know. Okay. Well, Mary what do Clay you, has thoughts. What do you feel in your heart of hearts? Um, Honestly, that it super doesn't matter whatsoever, and people uh, take it too seriously sometimes. But you're on a Harry Potter podcast that's like fun discourse. This is- I mean, sure. This is but, the conversation that Ethan, Tyler, and I have all the damn time. All the Ty- time. Tyler didn't want to tell me either. About no, these so I, Hogwarts I have houses. No problem. Like, yeah, so like I always said I was Ravenclaw. Like I have a Ravenclaw t-shirt and a Ravenclaw scarf. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of being smart, I guess. Um, that's what I would say in my heart of hearts. Cool. Yeah. Good. Awesome. It's always good to have Ravenclaw energy on the show. And you just so happen to be wearing blue. So that's not a clue, but it is thematically appropriate it's, it's something like that it is uh i wasn't entirely going for that but like you know it was it, it was in the back day. of my mind probably it, cho- it, is it chose you. It's got some purple in there it's yeah the shirt chose me today <laughs> <laughs> 
I almost wore my Prisoner of Azkaban movie Hermione um, uniform. Oh today, yeah, yeah. You, you have had the, the like soft pink hoodie. Yeah. Oh, hers I is do. a little bit too dark, but I know, no, I know, but it's I pretty do. close. Man, I was so drunk when we were watching the movie at my house, and I ran to go get that hoodie. I was like, they're gonna love it, what? and we did. What a strange costuming choice out of like <laughs> all the costume choices ever in these movies and ever in film history. And there's a cat. He's very <laughs> This needy. is probably not new to anybody else. There's a cat there. His name's Dante, and I've Aww. worked from home for a year and a half until yesterday, and he has a lot of feelings. No. <laughs> but that's fine. You're getting eaten. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, the cat did. Just... was, in fact, Yote. <laughs> you can just chop cats. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can just chop cats. That. Joke's on me. He's right between my feet right now. He didn't go far. Cats always land butter side down, right? That's the idiom. Yeah, that's what people say. That's the thing. So what's a, that, what? where do you put the butter on the cat? He's a butter feet. It's a great question, isn't it? On their feet? On their belly? On their back? Everywhere. On Everything's cute butter feet. Butter. So what are what are y'all's houses? Because I've had this conversation so many times with Mary Clay that I've forgotten what she actually identifies as. I am an enigma. She's a slither. No, that's I'm a, a slither and answer. <laughs> I mean, that's the correct answer for Mary Clay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, ain't no law when you're on the claw, dude. There you go. <laughs> Um, I am on the claw, but only because I'm drinking white claw. I'm a Hufflepuff. Okay. Um, and that is something that I do feel deeply, which is maybe why I try to get other people to identify with a house. I just think it's fun discourse, but I, I am trying to be more considerate of the ways in which like categorizing can like be dangerous. And we did have a guest on our podcast one time who was like, honestly, I don't like any of those houses and I made up my own. And I respect that so much. Claire, if you're out there. Um, what well, it was like grizzle paw or something. Yeah. And it was like it was like I a was slither. That, maybe, yeah. It was like a slither and hufflepuff hybrid where it was like, we just don't really care and we lay around a lot. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing though, is is in every podcaster there is to some extent a slytherin. Because I, like I don't agree. You have to, to to get on a microphone and be like, and people need to hear the things I have to say. I so don't know. Me, I think that's Gryffindor me, energy, though. To me, that feels like Gryffindor okay. energy because I'm like a Hufflepuff with who presents as a Gryffindor. Okay. I'm a Hufflepuff rising. I don't know how the, the, <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, yeah, horse gets Hufflepuff work, yeah. sun but, a Gryffindor rising. I yeah, like I'm I'm a Hufflepuff at my core, but I'm like very braggadocious. I'm also a, a Cancer Leo Um, if you want to listen to our thoughts about houses and horoscopes please join our patreon for next month's bonus episode okay so i'm a pisces like fully okay. in the middle of this the the, the the uh dates pisces what does that mean for me well that's actually really interesting because pisces are supposed to be a combination of all of the rest of the signs okay so they're usually very like multifaceted and have a lot going on you know so i i don't think i think i want to hear what everyone's like self-definition is you know what i mean yeah so the fact that you like like the idea of being being a Ravenclaw, I think that that is like what's up. Also, I forgot who in our Discord um, a couple months ago shared that like a very elaborate house sorting system. Um, Haley, do you remember that one where it was like you can oh, be like a yeah you can be like a Ravenclaw or like a burned Ravenclaw, and that means that like you wish the world was Ravenclaw, but it's not. Or you could be like it, it was like very complex, yeah. like a Myers Briggs test. No, it was it was uh, it was not like <laughs> most of the house. Uh, 
like Hogwarts house tests that you take where you're like, are you like, do you prefer badgers, snakes, lions, or eagles? <laughs> oh, the like, OG. The OG. My favorite, yeah, yeah, exactly. my favorite for those quizzes is when it's like, how would your friends describe you? And it would be like, brave, smart, mm-hmm. fun, evil. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a snake. <laughs> Some Slytherins would be like, I am the evil and that's me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a, I guess, like a Ravenclaw sun with like a Dauntless rising. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, shut up. Okay, wait. Shut up. That's my favorite game to play is is to uh, insist that other, you're Amity, okay. I'm Amity. (laughs) My favorite game to play is insist that other sorting systems from other like uh, fantasy worlds are part of the Hogwarts house system. (laughs) Amity and Hufflepuff are the same. I I'm think, sorry. I think I would be a Dauntless, but I wouldn't Dauntless make it. Gryffindor I same. wouldn't make it through the initiation process, and I would, <laughs> and I would be outcast you into would society. Just not, not try to jump on. I the would, train. yeah. I would either like be killed during the initiation process, or I just wouldn't make the cut. And then that's when you become like one of the factionless. I think is what they call right. them. Yeah, yeah, the factionless. I think I, so. I think I would like either I would become I would be Dauntless, but I just wouldn't make the cut. <laughs> Okay, well, catch us on our Divergent podcast. Just kidding. I fucking hate that book series. We don't need to talk about really? it. Really? We don't need oh, to man. talk okay. about it. Oh, man. It's one of my um, rants. Two roads divergent in a woods. Yeah. Don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> I literally finished it for the first time yesterday. So. What? Are, wait, I the think whole it's a series? fun read. Yeah. The whole series, and, you're, and, you don't, and you don't know why I don't. No, I thought it was fantastic. It's my, yeah, it's I my ins- absolute favorite okay. piece of post, okay, post-Hunger okay. Games- Okay. Post-apocalyptic. Yeah, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the books fiction. thoroughly. I enjoyed okay. the process of reading Here's those and everything. We can't. I can't get into why it bothers me so much without spoiling the entire series. So I'm. I'm just gonna move us boldly on into something. The else ending isn't about. great. Can I but... ask you after off camera? Yes. Cool. Because I'm very curious. <laughs> she I she mean, really does have a canned rant for this. Here's here's a hint. Here. Well, yeah. Well, here's a hint. Is like I only like to watch cartoons because you know it's okay in the. Okay. I mean that's fair. Ethan, what kind of truly do you have? Because uh, the can the, looks green. It's, it's the truly punch uh, citrus punch. Is it good? This one sucks. Okay, um, all right. I was going to say, I this saw one, they were... The blue one is pretty good. Okay. Um, they all look the super sugary The red one is slightly better me. than that one, and the purple is the best. That being said, uh, White Claw supremacy here. Uh, I did not buy these. My girlfriend did, and I will have to go out tomorrow and replace them, no, but I she's not here. Truly's. I prefer truly to white claw. That'll be another. That'll be another episode. Is us ranking the hard. Regular seltzers. white claw is better than regular truly, but the truly punches are better, and the truly lemonades are better than the white claw. So just like like when you took the sorting test, were you more of a truly or a white claw? I was definitely more of a white claw. I'm more of a busy. I'm a, oh, oh, yeah, you do like busy. I'm a claw. I have a crab tattoo. I have to be a I claw. just put vodka in my spindrift. What house is that? <laughs> that's, that's that's a Gryffindor move. Oh, oh, really? That's funny. They're t- two the sides thing. of the same coin. No, there's two some inherent evil coin. baked into that one for sure. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm a, I'm a Vista Bay. I'm the uh, I'm the Aldi knockoff. What does that say about that, me besides that I'm cheap as fuck? Haley, that's your Hufflepuff side. I'm, I hate to break that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Bon and Vive. Fair enough. That's fair. Okay, let's move on. How long to- it? We're going to talk no, about. No, this is average. This is normal. I had to learn everything about Ethan before we got yes. started. Um, okay, and, and here's how we will start. Cool. Okay, so Mary Clay and Haley, the reason that they're both on this episode is because they're going to fight the whole time. So before no, we hear any of their... Well, that's why I brought you here. That's what you're getting paid for. So I'm going to need you to... So, but you guys before, are getting paid? Before we get into it, 
I would love to hear from you, Ethan, a little bit about this film, how you feel about it as a film, maybe like like a like a just like a little summary. Uh, cool. What's it called? Um, the abstract of your essay. Yes. So I think this film, um, this film does a couple things for me really well. Uh, I think this is the best, not the best adaptation of one of the books, but the like biggest improvement over book of all of the movies. Um, I really like think that this is where the actors started to come into their own as characters. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I love the the new setting, the new scenes, the new directing work. I mean, I think Alfonso Cuarón was brilliant choice to bring into this series for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, just like an actual like art film director being like, hey, I'm gonna make a Harry Potter movie with a bunch of these kids, and I don't make particularly it really speak English. It's gonna be great. Um, and I think that's fantastic. Just like it adds a whole different level of uh of silliness, but also seriousness to it at the same time. I'm a big fan of Michael Gambon as a replacement for Richard Harris. I mean, obviously, I'm sorry that's that Richard Harris takes. died after yeah. uh, uh, Chamber, but I do really like. The addition, uh, I think Gary Oldman is a fantastic addition to the series. That being said, yeah. this is one of my least favorite Harry Potter stories, so it doesn't wow. like it doesn't really. Um, so to you, anything would have been an improvement because you didn't in- even enjoy the story as much. I mean, I enjoyed the story. It's like it's it's probably my sixth favorite Harry Potter book. Wow, that is say. a pretty unpopular opinion. I would agree. Uh, a lot of people are like this is the best one. Absolutely yeah. the best one. Um, it just, it's, it's a side quest to me. It, it's always has yeah, been, right? It's the I was going to say, one. it's kind of like, it it's not a, f- it's not a filler book, but it's the only one that has nothing to do directly with this overarching plot of like Voldemort and Harry. Well, and, and just for like, for, for what happens to Sirius to happen to Sirius in book five and not book seven, right? It's like, <gasps> we introduce all this crap and then it doesn't matter in two books and they just get on with it after that right like i it's fine it's a good story it's fun um i think that there's a lot of of development of the outside of hogwarts world in the story that's important but i you know i tweeted earlier and said that half of this book is about a kangaroo court for a bird horse and like that is true there's a lot of time wasted on buckbeak there's a lot of time wasted in general not maybe as bad as five where oh, like oh my god tell me again how grumpy you are harry uh, yeah like the entire story of five doesn't matter and they could have just had the whole thing at the ministry of magic in september but they chose to have it in june instead <laughs> so there had right. to be a villain in the way like a side villain which is fine but it, I, I enjoy that one more than than this one but i do i love this movie it's fun it's a good time um, it's beautiful and i think it really sets the tone for the rest of the uh the movies pretty well it, it was a needed improvement for the series i think that if they tried to keep going chris columbus down the one and two route like i think one and two were perfect for what they were right if we'd kept going with that because they were they were like kids movies because that's what chris that's what chris columbus did is yes kids movies and that's why he was brought on and right yeah i forgot um i kind of i mean like obviously i knew when i was watching it that like you know that was a different dumbledore but like i kind of forgot that oh this is the introduction of the new dumbledore actor um and i saw a post uh i think it was maybe it was a tiktok and it was saying like obviously you know, they had no control over having to to change that casting because it's very sad what happened to Richard Harris. However, it was probably for the best because you can't... Richard Harris made Dumbledore so, like, kind and gentle and loving that, like, later on in book, like, five, six, and seven, or movies five, six, and seven, you might not have been able to, like, hate him or be annoyed with him right? in the same way that you can with Michael Gambon. 
I think that's a really valid critique of um of man, I'm so bad with actors' names, of the first Richard one. Richard Harris. Um, Richard Harris, thank you so much. Um, and I, I totally agree. I think that for the most part, I really enjoy Michael Gammon's performance. I, I just wish that he had more softness. Like, you need someone Same. who... yeah. You need, you need someone who can look like Richard Harris and then become Michael Gammon. And unfortunately you know for I mean? them, uh, Ian McKellen had just spent the previous three years of his life already He's being busy. a different wizard. I know. Yeah. I think if they had been able to make the the significant and sweeping changes they made after three instead of before, that it would have felt less jarring in the whole circumstance of the things. Because for, for me, three has always been the outlier for that reason. Is like three as a book feels more connected to one and two than it does four, five, six, seven, which also yeah. feel like one unit. But like three as a movie definitely feels more connected to four, like five, stylistically. six, seven, eight. Yeah, I think it's a good like transition into. Because four is where it starts getting more serious and darker, obviously. So I think three is yeah. a good transition. What had happened sometime, and it was always going to be weird Yeah, when it did happen. I mean, that's the nature of book-to-movie adaptations, especially in a series. Absolutely. If the author is like, hey, I'm going to write seven of these, and they're going to you know, grow with the protagonist, like, you know, the movies also have to do that. They have to account for them. It's right. Like, did we have to go maybe as hard into it as David... Uh, uh, David Yates did at the end? That's a great question, you know? Yeah, well, we'll I, I have you back know. on for that episode. <laughs> I would love to come talk about uh, about number seven. Uh, I'll hit you up in five years because <laughs> when we get there. Boy, do I have thoughts about the, the, the David Yates verse. I, I do love them, but they also are crazy. Terrible. Um, okay, Haley, I would love to hear your um, oh boy. rebuttal. <laughs> Let me tell you why everything you just said is 100% objectively wrong. Perfect. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> um, this is my uh, second least favorite of the films after six. Uh, I have three. Okay. Cri- I have three criteria for what makes a good movie for me. Did the uh, everyone involved with creating it have a clear idea of what they were trying to do? Uh, did they execute that well? And was what they were trying to do fucking stupid? Um, <laughs> I think that they had a clear idea of what they were trying to do. I think they executed it okay. I think that uh, the thing that they were trying to do was appeal to American teenage audiences. Uh, I mm-hmm. remember I was like about 12, 13 when this film came, it came out. And my first thought seeing the trailer was, why the fuck did they get Tim Burton to direct this? Uh, <laughs> that tracks. It looks like... It Helena looks, Bottom Carter's not even here yet. <laughs> it looks like Edward Scissorhands. It, it looks like Edward fucking Scissorhands. Oh, um, it is trailer. A- it's big spooky vibes. Uh, it took everything that was that made the Harry Potter universe feel real in the first two movies and was like, let's just make this silly and weird and stupid. Um, also, like, I can forgive the aesthetic because, as you say, fine, sure, it kind of gave us that transition. I really like the fourth movie because it took that tone and scaled it way the fuck back again. Um, but also the thing that I will never be able to forgive is the fact that they cut out the entirety of the Marauders' backstory, which was kind of the point of book three. Let's talk about it. Mary Clay, what do you got? Um, let me tell you why everything you said was objectively 100% wrong. <laughs> Remember um, when I said no. you guys were going to fight and you were like, no, well, we're not. See, here's, 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 here's the thing, is I have... I have so much shit happening in my life all at once that I literally cannot come on here and argue. Like, I don't have the energy to come on and argue. So I'm trying to be like a more, have a more chill vibe than I think I would have maybe like three weeks ago. I think I'm in a similar uh, position right now, Mary Clay. <laughs> cool, cool, Guys, cool. Guys, we're all fucked, okay? We're in this together. Oh, man. Um, 
so I don't even remember what I was going to say. I love that. Look, I love the the aesthetic. It's so funny to me that you say that you don't that you felt like the first two films made this feel real and then that messed this up because for me when I watch Prisoner of Azkaban it feels more authentic it feels like I'm actually watching like normal kid like kids if they were in a wizard school I love like these really small details where like there are moments in the throughout their school day where like their uniforms become more disheveled as like throughout the day they loosen their tie or they untuck their shirts or they take their sweater off because it's gotten warmer throughout the day. Um, I like seeing them in their like regular normal clothes rather than just in their school uniforms. Um, I it's so funny to me because the scene where the boys are in the Gryffindor dormitory eating those gummies is like one of my favorite scenes in the whole franchise because it's just so I just love getting to see them have fun and be kids together. Oh, the only scene um, from this movie that I like. Okay, we can agree <laughs> okay, on that. We can, okay, cool. We can get on that same page. If you were a magical RA, that would be such a good, like, dorm team building exercise. You know, like, like everyone just act like a barbarian. We're going to eat these candies (laughs) together. Um, Why did... Okay, here's my question. Why does... This is my hot take. Why does Harry... Wait, who? Is it Harry in that scene? Turns into a teapot. Yeah, well, I thought it was a... I thought it was a... Like, a a train with, like, a a steam whistle or something. Are you looking for consistency in this movie? The first (laughs) two minutes. The first two minutes show Harry doing Lulos at home. Hang on, stop. You guys got way longer than I did to speak. I will say, yes, this does set up some inconsistencies, unfortunately. Even within the same film, there are inconsistencies. Fully recognize that. I fully recognize that there are its drawbacks. I recognize that there's no Marauder's story. What? Quick interjection. Any time travel story has issues. I maintain oh, that. I don't it's even just care about the so, time travel stuff. So hard to write time travel. I don't even I care about the time about travel stuff. stuff. But um, I think overall, I just love the vibes. I, I'm vibes here. Is good. I'm here for the aesthetic. To me, it feels so whimsical. It feels very. It feels more it feels more like realistic, whereas the first two movies to me felt very like almost like fairy tale. Like it was very clear to me, like, oh, we're watching a movie about a wizard boy in a wizard school. Whereas this one is like, oh yeah, they're kids and there are these things happening and they're at wizard school, I guess. Um, but yeah, I just love I love the vibes. I love the aesthetics. I think it's a very I think for a mo- from like a movie perspective, it's a great movie if you just take the book out. Like, it's an enjoyable experience for me. Um, and it is a shame that we lose that backstory of the Marauders. But I understand why. Because for the purposes of, like, the story that they're telling in this movie, knowing that they all used to turn into animals to help their friend doesn't really have anything to do with the plot. And, like... It sucks because that's a very endearing part for these characters that we love to learn about. But for the 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 sake of the story they're telling, I don't think it's a, it's important to know. Okay, Haley has her finger up, but I haven't gotten to say my abstract yet, and I don't want this conversation to actually turn into a fight. Okay, please don't fight. Um, here's my thoughts about the Prisoner of Azkaban movie. I'm used to book adaptations into films letting me down. I enjoy watching it when it's on. I'm glad that they made the creative choice to have Hermione punch Malfoy instead of slap him. And uh, yeah, Halloween vibes is fun. Um, and I and I, I like Hermione's pink hoodie. 
priorities. So that, that's how I feel. So let's talk a little bit about, I didn't have an incense. Let's talk about Hermione. Because this is a very Hermione heavy or she just gaslights her friends she the gaslights entire her time. Friends for the entire I just year. I love that when they're in the po- they're in the the divination class and they're like, "What? You weren't here?" And she's like, "What are you talking about? I've been here the whole time." <laughs> this was before gaslighting was a thing. A thing. <laughs> I mean, gaslight came out in like 1950. People, well, okay, in, in the like, co- people weren't commonly sure. looking yeah. for gaslighting. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, and if they were, they wouldn't be looking for it with Hermione. That's true. Yeah. No, I love Hermione in this story, both in book and movie. I do think they, they actually did a great job of uh, translating that gaslighting onto screen. I, I think maybe yeah. they could have uh, hit on that once or twice more, just sort of the the little like more visual subtle. confusion yeah. of like where is she? Right, and and I actually don't hate the time travel here either. And normally, I hate time stuff unless it's like you know a time travel movie. <laughs> right. It's worth noting that the time travel in the Prisoner of Azkaban film makes slightly more sense than it does in the book, because in the book they do the time the time well. turner in the infirmary and they end up in the entrance hall. And that doesn't make any sense. Okay, so I have another, I have a comment on that, which is when we were watching this at your house, I was questioning very much. I'm like, hang on. So what time is it when they leave the hospital wing? Like when when Dumbledore's like three turns should do it. What time is it then? And then they return to the past at 7.30 p.m. But he says three turns should do it. And I would say... One turn is equal to one hour, so that would imply that it's ten thirty p.m. But Are you then, doing math right now? but then, <laughs> I counted the chimes of the clock when they're running back up at the end of the of the sequence. It dings fourteen times. Okay, so does so that mean it's two a.m.? That is a great example of con- like consistency. Yeah, honestly, both versions bother me a lot because like the, like we you just you said why the book version bothers me a lot. Why um, do they move space and time? Yeah, it's so, not the space and time turner. Yeah, so like I kind of remembered like in the book I always thought that like oh no, they go into a broom closet and then Hermione does the time turner and then they come out of the broom closet, but no, as you said, they do the time turner in the hospital wing and then they appear in the entrance hall. And then in the movie, they just do it in the middle of the hospital wing assuming no one's going to be there to see them fucking materialize out of thin air at 730. Okay. It's true, but it does look cool. Yeah. I mean, to turn back time. Yeah, that's that. the thing that with this movie. It prioritizes what looks cool. Yeah, definitely. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I am too. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with it to an extent. It went well beyond that extent for me. I agree with you. I'm okay with it to an extent. The hospital wing thing doesn't bother me as much. I don't know why. Maybe it's like they're invisible all the way back in time. But what does bother me for sure is the most thing that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. That's like, to me, I okay, okay. My main critique no spoilers, Mary Clay, of the Hobbit film. No spoilers. Do you want me to I take my... S- no, I'll take, I swear no, to God. I'll take my headphones off and you it's, can just it, wave at me. It's not a specific critique. No, it's like really... You're not gonna... I've already said it to you. Just okay. stop. Stop trying to take your... I'm my afraid. biggest critique She's of the so Hobbit scared. film is that... make it's, it's normal to make changes from a book to... But what you cannot do is change the laws of the world we're in. Uh-oh. Right? That's how I feel about The Hobbit. Well, given that it's a 200-page book where for the majority of those 200 pages, nothing really happens. It needs to be three fucking movies. They turned it into three movies. Don't make it three movies. Then you won't have to fill it with stuff that goes against the history and the culture. 
I feel so bad for Tolkien about right now because <laughs> I start every episode with like, I'm sorry, guys, nothing happens in this chapter again. <laughs> wow, they, we're they all just, burping like a lot right they now. They just sit in the tunnel and figure out what to do and then they make Bilbo go do it. <laughs> so that's my critique of the Lumos thing also. It's like, it's like do whatever you want, but you just change the laws yeah, of this it's world. Like, literally, while Harry is leaving Privet Drive, he pulls his wand on Uncle Vernon, and Uncle Vernon's like, you're not allowed to do magic outside of school. Like, oh it, yeah, try me. Yeah, like, okay, so what, what did they- sassy ch- Harry moment, Yeah, it's really way. sassy. It would have worked really well if they hadn't fucking done that in the first two minutes of the movie. <laughs> but look, see, actually, that was my fir- that was my first note. I wrote, Afonso Cuaron really said aesthetic, and then I wrote, but sir, he's not supposed to do magic outside of school he literally gets in trouble for it like 10 minutes later aesthetic mary clay just said quaron like so nicely thank you um <laughs> i've been practicing <laughs> i've been practicing for this <laughs> for this occasion um, can i just say this vis-a-vis time travel i think the yes. reason that i think that it does well in this movie is because it has never occurred to me to give a fuck whether or not it makes sense like, <laughs> yeah, I, kind of, I kind of just like I just let it happen yeah. and whatever like I want to put the original the original oh. timeline from the movie side by side with the second timeline because there are a lot of points where I'm like okay at this point in the original timeline the rock was already thrown at Harry but in the second timeline she takes longer to throw Can't it talk and so about the rock dude there's See, the, oh, for some reason you hate the rock so I just let the time travel thing go and, and for me if every other movie like I'm watching Avengers Endgame I'm like this doesn't make fucking sense okay <laughs> there's no way he gets the hammer back it's not how it works none of that makes <laughs> and with Prisoner of Azkaban of- both book and movie I'm sitting here like magic yeah, that's kind of. I don't know why it's just written just let it and, go. and yeah. portrayed in such a way that it just does not ever occur to me to yeah. care whether no, or not it works. I'm just like, like it's the magic. No, like the magic system in Harry Potter is very like it's magic. It doesn't matter. And time turners are like the level of magic where it's like don't ask questions. Like the like in universe, people are just like don't don't fucking question this. You will you will drive yourself insane. My favorite thing ever is how J.K. Rowling realized what she did with the time turners and then in book five destroyed them all so she never had to deal she, with it again. She had to have had ev- somebody in every book signing in every interview being like, so, um, Miss Bitch, uh, hi, uh, what would you do about time travel? And they're like, and she's just like, he I knows what we call her. Cannot <laughs> deal with this anymore. So yeah. she's like, you know what? So, um, time turners got fucking broken. Why, okay, they're why all gone. Didn't, why didn't Dumbledore go get a time turner from the Ministry and go back in time to before Harry and Cedric start the third task? She's raising uh, her hand. Why didn't Dumbledore go back and get a time turner and show up at Godric's Hollow and just fucking murder Stop Voldemort? Voldemort. Yeah. Look. Look. Okay, we, guys. That's quite. That enough. would have been a lot of turns. <laughs> that's so many turns. One. <laughs> Oh, I lost count. Dang Hold it. on a sec, guys. <laughs> he shows yeah, up. You- shows up in like 1975. Like shit. Like, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. You you I lose track wrong. and you just have to stop and then like run into a grocery store and grab somebody. Like what year was it? Was it? <laughs> well, it was brand new. <laughs> well, no, because then the time turner it doesn't let you go forward in time. Correct. Do we know this? No idea. Because if you know. were to go back in time, then you would have to live through the next nine years, like in real time, or you know, ten years or whatever. 
I think the the bottom line is there's way too many questions, and that's why she had to kill them all. Yeah, yeah. Which I think I just think is hilarious. Where she's like, oh, <laughs> "You cannot come onto my show, Ethan, and start dropping dice on my podcast." I just that's- I can't stop playing with the dice. There's too many on my desk right now. Can I make one last controversial point, real quick? I'm sure it will not be the last, but please. Go I was ahead. gonna say, yeah. I adore movie number six. <laughs> I love it so much. It's one of my absolute favorites. Oh. I used to hate it. I used to swear it was I the worst it. one. And, oh, and the no. older I got, the more I was like, you know what? Six might slap. I See, love it. I enjoy I Six it. a lot, too. Movie Six was the first one that I saw after re- reading the books. Um, I hadn't read any of the books from movies one through five. So when I saw six, I was like, all right, going to see this thing adapted on screen. I know what happens in the books. And then I'm watching it and they're burning the burrow. And I'm like, this did not happen. (laughs) Okay, the drama of that for sure. I mean, Um, yeah, like six is also my least favorite book. Um, So like my dislike of six is actually, here's the thing. I don't like six because I don't enjoy watching it. Um, And that's why it's my least favorite of the films. Like I don't even have Ray about it i just don't enjoy watching it but like three i have rants about but i can at least like watch it and just enjoy it for what it is i can respect that but also like everything that they did like stylistically drives me fucking insane can't respect that can't okay i like watching things this is this is my this is something i consider to be a big hufflepuff energy i don't like watching things where i don't know everybody's going to be okay at the end so that's why i prefer movies one through three because like that's why i i watch so many cartoons dude i fuck with disney so hard and it's because like at the end it's like i'm grinning you know how'd you feel about soul oh i actually really love soul (laughs) um Listen to our episode of the Movie Necro that covers Soul from like a million years ago. Wow. Where was I? I think I was just trying to give a speech about how I like movies (laughs) to end happy. But here's the thing is it's like sometimes it's okay for a movie to end in a way that's like, okay, the end of this movie is not happy. I know. Right? It's like, but it's like, it's like, okay, well, bare minimum, this is, (laughs) this is what we got. There's a TikTok trend currently where people are like, it's called self-care, and it shows them, like, cutting off a movie or a TV show right before, like, right when things are happy and right before things go to shit. (laughs) And I posted one of of this movie where it's Harry and Sirius talking, and and Sirius has just said, like, oh, would you maybe want to move in with me? And then I paused it, and then I turned the TV off. (laughs) That's exactly what I did. And then same with movie five. I turn it off. Right when Sirius says, nice one, James. And then oh I God. shut it off. <laughs> Don't you say <laughs> And then nice I do James not watch movies six, seven, or eight. Yeah. Okay. But there, okay. One reason I do like movie number six is because my best friend in the world, Lavender Brown, is in that one. And I fuck with Lavender Brown so much. I respect her. Okay. She does no wrong in that movie. <laughs> she gets, she gets wronged in that movie. She gets wronged. <laughs> She's out here just doing her best, feeling cute, trying to snog. Yeah. She does not do anything wrong. She does do some wrong. She's trying to have hot girl summer, but at Hogwarts and all year round. And I love her and her stupid bandanas and her stupid accent. Okay. Okay. Anyway, we're talking about the prisoner of Azkaban. So here's one thing that I don't love is <laughs> the scene. Okay. Well, I actually love it. The is it scene the Whomping where- Willow? 
No, it's not the one. Wait, okay. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Okay, that, let's so talk about the Again, how I said it's earlier so that, like, I can admit that this movie has a lot of drawbacks. And one of them is that there are all these weird, like, slapsticky kind of, like, Scooby-Doo moments. Scooby-Doo, There's, totally. There are those moments in the night bus when Harry slams into the glass. And, like, maybe... Well, that I, that I don't mind because, like, that's the moment for I don't it, know. You know. Maybe one time is okay, but they do it again later. And then the Whomping Willow... When it literally, it looks like you're supposed to have 3D glasses on because it stops with like Hermione's feet all of a sudden, like in front of the camera, it stops and then it like launches her away. And meanwhile, Harry's on the ground doing a Velma. I can't find my glasses. Well, first of all, that happens. Which is weird. I think it's weird that like they pull that in like it never uh, in my memory I don't think that ever happens to Harry in the books where he has a moment of my glad like I drop my glasses and I can't find them oh no okay, like, but it's not an unreasonable thing to happen it, it happens to me in the mornings when I reach for the, my glasses oh my on God. the bedside table just, a little wrong I sorry I just remembered that Hermione reaches down to grab Harry's shirt and it freezes shh, shh, and he looks stop, down and stop. then looks up and then he gets pulled away that's dumb. So that's my least favorite scene in this movie. Well, here's my question. This tree doesn't look like a willow? Does this tree look like a willow? There, a willow there are like. some species of willow that kind of look like that. I just typed in willow and I'm looking through all of them on Google it Images. Looks like it looks like a willow not that's look like, like swole. That's what I did. Right? It's, like not, it's been working out. Well, it's got a like womp. It's, like it womps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like, okay, so there, we're used to weeping willows, which uh, are not I, the I only... I didn't spray. type in. I didn't type in willow. It's I typed in willow. willow tree. Well, except well, yeah, all I'm if getting you type is in just will- If you type in just willow, it takes you to stuff. So okay, oh, there was movie stuff, not Taylor Swift stuff. Uh, so like in, uh, I went to college in New Hampshire and like, I do have strong memories of like, there was this one tree out in like the middle of fucking nowhere place that I went to school that was a willow tree that like, I remember seeing it and being like, oh, that's the kind of willow tree it's supposed to be. Cause it was Interesting. like, it was large and like knobbly. And then it had like, Muscly. Yeah, kind Swole. of, yeah. Like, and then like, it had all these like big, like knots all over it. And then like the well, willow branch just kind of just like stuck off like like sparse hair That's it was not crazy a, it was not a pretty tree well when i saw this when i was a kid it, that like i was like that's not it, it well me. it could also just be that it's not literally a willow tree they but just, that's just like a like cute, colloquially um, that's just what they call it yeah you wizards know? just what's go in it's actually an oak tree but whomping oak doesn't sound as fun no. <laughs> alliterative yeah, yeah yeah wizards just go in for alliteration we could ask a yeah. british person ostensibly wow we've had a british person before one time on the podcast to set us straight and she was here so briefly jade come back we need you now more than ever i can't help it i don't I'm know right why i'm you. gassy okay oh. let's talk let's talk about um let's talk about hagrid and buckbeak let's talk about that mm. whole thing oh i saw the poop Okay, the poop. That's real. That was when we were watching it. When we were watching it at at Christina's house, we were all talking about. We were like, I think they have him poop, but we missed it. Okay, wait. There's this. I caught it this time. I caught it. This whole season, we've been debating whether Buckbeak. I'm so sorry. Has a butthole or a cloaca, and it's been like a big. It's been a big debate. What? A cloaca is what birds tend to have. Yeah, it's the combination genital. 
it's the wet it's for wet pooping no i think we have birds no well i think that's the thing is buckbeak gives a solid shit so that's 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 an asshole right there yeah i think it's an asshole (laughs) um so yeah i'm glad we answered that question how like how do we like us pooping aside how do we like the like the graphics of buckbeak i think it was pretty good i was yeah yeah i always pictured him as more like as prettier interesting i mean they are described as being deeply deeply weird to look at um i think they went i think the movie went like a little farther on the horse side of things than i always pictured but i don't think that's a bad thing yeah because you gotta be able to like ride it yeah yeah i think um, the i think the flight makes her him her her him 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 him. him. big daddy Um, buddy um (laughs) I think the flight only makes him look more majestic. So, like, it, you know, when they're in the cl- like in the forest, if we don't think he looks beautiful, I think when he's in flight is like only helps and improves it. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's my take. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's he looks great. Moment. He's got a lot of personality. Um, yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes actually in the movie is the 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 buckbeak in the forest scene. Just I really like the costuming there, and I like uh, Tom Felton being yeah he's very good in this that's where i really noticed the uh the costuming for the kids because like the whole alfonso Cuarón's whole thing was that he wanted the the kids to design their own wardrobe basically and like use their own ideas for that uh apparently like make it yeah he was like make it your own yeah he was like dress how you think your characters would dress given the restrictions of in your third yeah it's like when you go to summer camp and you get like a t-shirt but it's like you can cut the neck off you can make it a crop top it's fun here it's summertime (laughs) exactly um and so i think that's really where that comes through because you know for most of the rest of the movie they're in the hoodie scene yeah after that can you believe that ron weasley wears an orange sweater over an orange t-shirt in this fucking movie didn't notice it uh, you it's gross. It, out last it does not look great. It. It's it's like, come on, we get it. He's ginger. He's, you can stop. He's orange. What is Harry wearing? <laughs> this one is this blue sheet, blue t shirt. Harry, I can't. I already can't remember. Yeah, he it's has blue his t-shirt um, zip up with right? which he wears for like the rest of the franchise. Yeah, that blue <laughs> t shirt. But well, he has the zip up, right? Do you know I, how? Yeah, it's a zip up. Do you know how disorienting it would be though if they were just wearing like a Gap? Sweatshirt <laughs> or Gap would pay big money for that. I don't think they have Gap know? in the UK though. It'd have to be so. Like, it has to be these generic, yeah, clothes, British yeah. countryside, clothes. and they also can't really. It would have looked really weird if like their regular clothes were like Jenko jeans because it was the nineties. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, they no! Know, like, that being said, I don't know what like. I don't know what 90s fashion was like in the UK um, in the 90s, but uh, you watch Spice Girls, right? Was that before I, your I watched time? Spice Girls or Yeah, that's listen. you watch their movie yeah. to see their style. You can't see their style from their music, but you can kind of get the vibe, I guess. I truly think they they looked at the movie or the books being set in the 80s and 90s and were like, "No, we not can't happening. do that. We can't deal yeah. with that. Otherwise, that's going to it's going to be ridiculous." Looking. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the casting of Emma Amazing. Thompson? 5,000 stars. Yeah, okay. the, I mean, the casting is great. Okay. I always uh, have uh, a casting in the world these movies. That felt speak to that more. What what's wrong with Trelawney? My question? No, uh, Haley. Oh, okay. No, I uh, I honestly think that the casting's fine. Right. So I, I've got I've got problems like, with is, I've got problems with the writing. I've got okay, problems so with she, the presentation. The, okay, the, I think they I picked you, good actors. You. Okay, okay. Is okay, who's like who's the worst cast in this film? Like who could have been done by so like anyone else? The only thing is that 
I love Gary Oldman, and I love, I forget his name, who plays Lupin. David And Thewlis. I love Timothy Spall as uh, Pettigrew. I think he is cast amazingly well. Mm-hmm. However, it's just a bummer because they were supposed to be a little bit younger. They were mm-hmm. supposed to be in their, like, mid-30s at this yeah, point. Yeah, he could have been, like, a hot And they're guy. definitely, like, in their 40s. Yeah. yeah. I don't... Yeah, I agree. So yeah. that's, the, that's the only shame, I think, about the casting choices. But at the same time, I don't really care because they kill it, so... I mean, I think that... Uh, I think Lupin was perfect, just all around. Um, I think that... You guys that, know how I feel about Lupin? Yes. <laughs> I do not. Oh, you I don't lo- like Lupin? I love Uh-oh. him a lot. Um... I think that Gary Oldman was a good choice, but they did not do uh, nearly enough with him. I think he was wasted in this role. Aww. I think they sanitized mm-hmm. Sirius Black in a lot of ways. He's supposed to be like the uncle who gives you your first beer, and and in this, he's just like another noble wizard. Like he he has a couple seconds in the Shrieking Shack where it's like, yeah, that's book serious, but the rest of it, he's like poetic and stuff. And mm. book uh, book serious is. He's a questionable authority figure. God, Give I me a series both. who is clearly coming out of years and years of isolation. I, exactly. <laughs> uh, my least favorite casting is Timothy Spall because he's too obviously evil. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like he's, true. He was supposed to be like the whole point of his character and why the betrayal was so fucked up was that he was the last person anyone expected. Somehow all of these people looked at Timothy fucking Spall <laughs> and they're like, nope. you know who I he's trust? Not evil. You. <laughs> you know I who like- I don't think is a rat is this kid who obviously <laughs> looks like a rat. I like to think think that being a rat for 12 years made him look look that, that way, way. I, I believe that too i don't know yeah. because we said that when we were talking about the movie uh when we watched it together and that we I looked up what up. timothy spall looked like when he was younger and he okay, looked but exactly that's timothy spall, the but Pe- peter pettigrew the character here's yeah. the thing okay I i've i i, I no. Here's the thing. I've mentioned a couple times that I was super drunk when we watched this movie together, and I just want to explain why. I should have done this so much earlier in the episode. Here's the thing. We were watching Harry Potter. We were chatting with our listeners on our Discord server, which was a lot of fun. If you want to be part of our Discord, hop on over to Patreon. You Are can you going to say what drunk, drunk me up close and personal. And our, our dear friend Adele made a rule that every time Harry Potter falls down, you drink. Oh, God. Yeah. And he falls down I, like 10 times in the I, first 20 minutes. Yeah. I, I, drank, I drank a lot of wine. Uh, she, um, she had she already <laughs> been pre-gaming and then that happened. So I like, <laughs> I was so drunk that night and I just, I wanted to explain myself because it really wasn't my fault. If you think that that was like an improper way to conduct myself, you can take it up with Adele. <laughs> it's Adele's fault. <laughs> So he does oh, fall so much, though. He does a lot of fainting in this. And, like, I, I really love Daniel Radcliffe a lot. And, like, I think that he, he just really becomes Harry Potter I was going to say, I think movie. he really starts to become more. There is, I mean, lest we forget the the, the fake cry, the, the crying under the invisibility cloak. Do it. He was that friend. <laughs> he was that friend. Oh, t- God. That seems re- not, not his not his b- best acting. However, there are a lot of other moments in this movie where I'm like, he is hairy. Like, that's that's a good job. 
I recorded like 10 takes of myself yelling. He was their friend into the distance um, for the intro of this episode. Oh, and, good. Like, I'm so but, glad. But like in the end, I was like, you know what? Like we're, it's going to come up organically. Like I don't need to do this right now. So <laughs> Mary Clay's going to do it. Don't you worry. I actually I recorded a bunch of clips because I'm going to make it into a TikTok of like POV. You're with me while I'm watching Prisoner of Azkaban. And it's just me quoting some of the most random parts of the movie. <laughs> Pub, you're with me watching Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, that new, yeah, the new TikTok voice. She's the worst. Gross, yeah. She's the the demon in my nightmares. I am now shipping uh, the new Zoom, uh, we are recording voice with the new scary TikTok voice. I think that they're wives. Um, I think that they're very happy together. Yes, yes. They're both gay computers. Yes. Um, I think their mother is um, the computer in the Disney Channel original movie Smart House. Yes. No! (laughs) We watched that really recently. On our oh, other podcast, Mimi Nanker. Um, wow, Smart House was so good. Um, why are they all women? Why are all these uh, digital assistants Computer voices women. So- women. Something yeah. to think weird. about moving on. Um, so who was the... Who is your, like, favorite character? Let's, like, oh, try to put the books aside and just, like, watching the movie. Who's, like, the most fun to watch? Trelawney. Yeah, I was going to say fun to watch is fun Trelawney. Fun to watch is Trelawney. I mean, that's, that's Emma Thompson in her best, honestly, to yeah. me. Yeah, just having a... Throughout the whole series. Yeah, just look beyond just beyond your <laughs> Yeah, she is clearly having a blast. Yeah. I feel like these like really enthusiastic, ridiculous older British actors really help to open the the younger actors. They're like, oh, you yeah. just gotta commit, dude. You well, just have to do it all and they'll like it. Um, I remember seeing some interview or something where Daniel Radcliffe was talking about like some of his favorite scenes to film, and he was talking about um it might have been he was definitely talking about like filming stuff with Gary Oldman um and how like that really had a big influence on him as like an actor and I was just thinking about that when I was watching the scene of where they're standing off to the side looking up at Hogwarts um the scene which is uh the end of the movie for me Um, (laughs) (laughs) they love each other they just want to be there man god it kills me and just every time I'm just like how different would Harry's life be if Remus had taken his potion? Wait, here's a question. If Harry had tried to go live with Sirius, um, doesn't he have to go to the Dursleys every summer to replenish the love magic? I'm making, I think like, a really Dumbledore would have right been now. like, I'm sorry, Harry, you can't yeah. do that. Like, and, and then I think that Sirius would have said, fuck you, I'm and then taking this kid. Him, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll bring him home. But then it's all like that because they the, the whole magic of like as long as you can call this place your home. Aww. But like uh, also doesn't like Sirius inherits Grimald Place, which is, as established in Book Five is just is like a safe place. Yeah, it's already basically a fortress. So true. Mm, all right, valid points. But love. <laughs> but I would argue that Sirius's love for Harry at that point should take over. Just like he's there. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, because Lily's not there, so it's like the love magic that's there is probably stronger than love. She's like fading away into memory. And then Lupin can be like, hey, I just got fired from Hogwarts. I kind of need a place to say, can I move in? <laughs> and then they move in and then they become gay dads and raise Harry. Um, the end. Yeah, um, Hugh Grant yeah, moves I- in for some reason as well. <laughs> Honestly, like in a universe where Harry uh, got to have uh, any time uh, living with Sirius, Lupin would have to be there because they both need a parent. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I, all three of them honestly need each yeah. other. Lupin's Lupin's like, I have to move in with you because it's like, why? I'm an adult. It's like, no, you're not. You were put in prison when you were 20 years old. You don't know how to use a toaster. Yeah, no, literally. I'm just imagining Lupin being like, I remember your cooking before you went to jail. Um, <laughs> and no, you are not. You are not caring for a child. You will like poison this, Absolutely this child. Not. Yeah. Here's my thing about the Marauders being literal children when they were thrown into these circumstances. Like, I have always thought that that was a weird call that sort of felt like a a thing that was imposed after the fact to me. Like, it it was not something she necessarily planned out Mm -hmm. of like, well, you know, James was like 19 when he was killed or whatever. Like, uh, why? What does that matter? I mean, I guess the timeline doesn't line up or whatever, but like... But all it does is give fuel to people being like, well, the Marauders are the wrong age in the movies. That's true. That is just my least favorite discourse, honestly, because like, I just don't, I don't, first of all, I don't give one half of one shit about the Marauders. I'll tell you that much up front. Like, that is my, that is my hottest Harry Potter take is that like, I do not care Marauders. It ain't written down, so it doesn't matter to me. Um. And that's fine. Like, I, I I get that I'm in the wrong there, that everybody loves the Marauders and love to... <laughs> no, no. Look. Every opinion is valid, even... No, I'll, I'll even say the same. Like, I, I, am the, I am the deep minority there. Somebody, to, like, doesn't... To quote Holly from Dance Moms, that's okay. You can have your opinion. Exactly. It's just wrong. Exactly. Uh, I get <laughs> that everybody... knows, I believe it's you're entitled to your opinion, even if your opinion <laughs> is wrong. Everybody loves the Marauders fanfic and the, you know, the stories that never got told and all that. It's just like, I don't know. To me, that sort it's of takes away from any of the... the found family aspects of the whole thing is that harry and his obsession with his daddy never knew i has agree always kind of felt weird for me uh i it just i just get a lot of feels whenever i think about the scene of them walking into the train car and just thinking about it from lupin's perspective where like i don't a lot of people are like there's no way lupin was actually asleep that whole time that's a long time for him or he's just a really deep sleeper who knows And it's just like, imagine you're there and you chose a random carriage to sit in on the train and you're asleep and then in walks in the son of your dead best friend who died because your other your other supposed best friend betrayed him and then killed your supposed other best friend. And then that best friend ended up not being dead and had actually set up the other best friend. And then all, you know, just, just, yeah, Lupin, Lupin's life is extreme depressing. So the whole thing with the Marauders that I find interesting is that like, they were young idealists in the middle of uh, a civil war basically who just like relatable yeah and they just like went for it and like the whole tragedy is that like they were way too young for anything that they were dealing with and then they died and the fact that you get the backstory of the marauders and like like their youth and you start filling in those gaps in book three when the characters start growing up creates this parallel of them now being the young people forced into this war way too young just like i like the previous generation was, which is why I really enjoy the Marauders, uh, like just conceptually. Sure. I think you hit the nail on the head, Haley, because to me, it's like the Marauders are not part of this story. They're part of the backstory. And that is, I think, a lot of what films tend to lose is like the textured backstories of a lot of these book adaptations, which is like totally normal, but sure. that it, it still feels like a loss, I think, to people who, like you said, Haley, have created these like 
these parallels that make it more like like literary and like feel more artful yeah and like the reason that the details of their backstory being cut from the movie bothers me so much is that one the fact that we've all been working to this whole day (sighs) so one the reason uh, the fact that Sirius Black can turn into a dog is vitally important to the plot of Prisoner of Azkaban because the question throughout the whole book and the whole movie is how the fuck does he keep getting in and how the fuck did he escape well I thought you were gonna say the question is who's that dog I mean, boy. Well, I mean, that's always my question. Okay. Who is that dog? I want to know. Thing is when he first appears as the dog, obviously we're supposed to think, oh, he's the Grim. It's this ominous figure. We don't know that serious. Grim. But when you rewatch it you, and, and he appears and he's standing on the other side of the street growling and barking at his godson. It's like serious. Calm down. Come on, bro. And then and then in the shack when he's like, only one will die tonight. Okay. And it's like, yeah. can we? Can Seriously. We, yeah. Seriously. I and mean, like, I know you've seriously. been trapped in prison, but yeah. like, let's and let's like, think through this. Just uh, and that's part Haley's, of the whole. Haley's building to something. That whole thing is part of why, like, the emphasis on and the prioritization of like the most dramatic thing for the moment throughout this whole movie bothers me so much is because in the book, Sirius coming across as evil is because Sirius is kind of irresponsible and doesn't think things through. Yeah. Um, and he, he's kind of a fucking idiot, which like, I, I love him so much. He's kind of an idiot. Uh, I'm with and you. Gary Oldman, you know, I love Gary Oldman, and Gary Oldman can play belligerent dumbass, and they didn't do that with Gary Oldman. They were like, we have Gary Oldman, and we're going to have him be Gary Oldman. Um, Classic Gary Oldman. Right. So that's that's why his characterization bothers me a lot. Um, I get and that. just also, let me just compare the way that they, the things that they cut and how they cut them to Goblet of Fire, because you can cut things, like important things from a book, uh, in the movie oh, version and have it make sense. Uh, oh, in Gobl- mind, I'm not aware. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it can be done very, very well. Goblet of Fire did it really, really well. It took a lot of really fucking convoluted shit and just trimmed it down for size. Like the whole thing yeah. with Har- how Harry gets the gillyweed. They cut the house elves out. Fine. We already had this thing there of Neville giving him the gillyweed, which was the original plan for fake Moody that never went through because Harry's too dumb. So they were just like, mm-hmm. all right, well, just have, have him ask Neville. So, all right, that made sense because they cut the house elf thing. Here's the thing. The house elf thing doesn't isn't relevant to anything else in the rest of the series at all, so we don't miss it when it's cut. But it's the reason I that Ron and Hermione make out in the end. Well, I, d- I disagree because I think a lot of that has to do when you don't have Dobby throughout the rest of the movies and then all of a sudden he just shows up in the seventh one randomly. Okay. I think that's bad. Okay, I'm I I'm reeling this in a little bit. I know, yeah, realist from, back from back the in. whole series to would, this particular movie. I would rather them cut the Marauder story all day than cut the Quidditch World Cup. That's all I'm to say. Oh my god, fuck any Quidditch. Okay, who <laughs> would you fuck? Who would what? you fuck? Mm. Out, out of all the adults in this film, who <laughs> would you fuck? I'll tell you Serious. first. Y'all know the answer. Oh okay. yeah, I know your answer. Professor R.J. Lupin. Who's he? Haley? Professor Who? R.J. Lupin. <laughs> Does she know everything? It's on his suitcase, Ronald. See, I quoted Ronald. it wrong. That's my superpower is I quote everything wrong all the time, including my favorite stuff. Um, Haley, who would you fuck? I am so torn between Sirius and Lupin. Yeah, I got up. Because like, oh, because no. Sirius, te- Sirius has the teeth in this one. Yeah. 
<laughs> but also just like I've, I've that, had that a, hasn't showered in 12 years i know <laughs> yeah is it, it can serious run up to the castle real quick and take no. a nap uh, a no, nap no. <laughs> a shower <laughs> a nap. he probably needs a nap yeah too. he definitely no. needs a nap a little bit um, of both. Take him real- <laughs> you gotta take me baby but also uh, but also here's the thing i've had like a little baby crush on serious uh in many ways since i like read book three for the first time i was like this dude's it. dope um it's valid so I'm just torn between the whole, like, do I want to be so on brand as to go for the dude who reminds me of my father, or do I want to fuck <laughs> nice sweater guy? Like, you know, it's you know, you know that whole thing you. of women going for d- dudes who remind them of okay, their fathers. Wait, it is a thing. Guys, wait, which, were you guys both on the episode where we were talking about <laughs> which marauder is your dad? Who, who was I talking about that one? <laughs> What? My, well, dad is, you my dad is James Potter. <laughs> you discovered while watching the movie that uh, Lupin is Sean's dad. Okay, no, Lupin looks like Sean, my husband's dad, and I don't want to talk about it. They don't act the same <laughs> at all. Wait, he teaches. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, wait, reel it back, reel it back. Um, the big sweater guy? <laughs> no, he's not a sweater guy. He's an idiot. Okay, sorry. I love you, Wally. If you're um, moving on, moving on. <laughs> can we talk about while we're just kind of on the topic of like Lupin and fucking? Can we talk Wait, about uh, that? I absolutely. I'm so sorry. I I need to hear who Ethan's gonna fuck. Oh yes, oh, um, we're glossing over see. important. It's a toss up any between, character. Toss any up character. between uh, Sirius Black and Cornelius. It's my man. He does dress it's very enough. fabulously, but not the, as fabulously as he could. He's got the fashion sense. He's got the the power dynamic. Okay, I like I like that tie, so I'll accept two. <laughs> um. Okay, great. What were you gonna say, Mary Claire? So oh sorry. yeah, I just wanted us to talk about the yes. Oh yes, I knew her, <laughs> and I have two sides to that. So okay, here's here's my side, and I was gonna say this earlier when we were talking so briefly about Wolfstar, and I feel the same way about about um Sam and Frodo, where it's like when I ship people, do I think that they like can should and like we're supposed to be together? No. Do I think it's fun to like be like, huh, yeah, exactly. Adorable. Exactly. I'll ship anybody, dude. I don't give a shit. That would be so cute if, if Remus and Little Thang. So I, I think that's, I definitely think that's one way to interpret that. And then a more recent interpretation I have is that because he then goes on to say like, she was there for me in a time when no one else was. I think that could also imply that the other boys were just dumb as rocks and they didn't pick up on the fact that he was a werewolf and Lily is much smarter than them. And she knew immediately and was like, UK bro? And he was like, I'm really not. Thanks for asking. Big Hermione energy. Yeah. I mean, and so he, she might have been the only one he could confide in about that for a while until the others knew. Yeah. Out of the three of them, Remus, or four of them, Remus is the only logical choice for Lily Evan. Pre, yes. like, pre year seven at least. I agree. Yeah. Because, like, James is such a scumbag. Okay, but we all like a bad like boy. Sc- people like scumbags. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Lily. Did Evans, you watch Evans, season right, three Evans, of yeah, Gilmore okay. Girls? It's all about wow, scum girls wanting teenage girls wanting scumbags. Okay, so which one of them's Logan is the real thing? Because he's the only one that matters. Okay, all right, let's do this. Okay, Dean, Logan, and Jess. <laughs> <Which Okay>. Remus. <laughs> it's not gonna work. No, we're doing. Peter this. Pettigrew is Dean. <laughs> <laughs> no! Logan. I mean, Logan is, is definitely James. Yeah, Logan is I definitely. Guess James. Logan is he's James. He's the rich boy. 
Yeah. I'll you know, agree he's with that. he comes from money. I, mean, I don't like He's him. an asshole. He definitely yeah. convinces Lily to steal a boat. 100%. I mean, we're talking hang about Gilmore girls. I'll say this. I know. Marty <laughs> is Peter Pettigrew. Who's Marty? Marty, Marty is no, naked, Marty's is naked guy. Marty's Lupin. 100%. Mar- because Lupin's Okay, the one- Marty's Lupin. I don't think any of them is Peter. I don't know. We need to do a bonus. <laughs> no, I think Jesse is Peter. Jess is Snake. <laughs> Logan. No, I think J- Jess is. No, I think. I don't know. I think Logan. You know what? I will say that. Jess no, is- I think Jess is James because Jess eventually has character growth, whereas Logan yeah, never really improves. Jess is the so one I think Logan is serious. I'm going to shut down. Okay, great. It you works. can cut that out and I use did, it for bonus content. <laughs> <laughs> I used my quiet voice. Um, let's talk briefly about i keep saying briefly we never talk briefly i would be remiss if we didn't mention though the fucking soundtrack the score of this movie that's kind of what it sounds like when they're in the night bus i like i wrote down several times i was like john williams did not have to go and this is also the last harry potter movie that was officially scored by john williams okay wait i'm gonna read you guys the text um my best friend alexis lives two hours away from me and she and i are big harry potter fans and as i mentioned i was blackout drunk when we were watching this on friday and here's the text that i sent to my best friend alexis <laughs> at 9 30 p.m on the dot harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban has a movie has a lot of music that's like burnk 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 <laughs> that's so true <laughs> it's a lot Wait, of horns. You think, you think it's true? Because I I'm having a hard time like getting back in that zone. Like what? Um, what I, you so don't know what you horn. meant when you sent that? Is that what you mean? I think I don't know what I meant when I said mm-hmm. Especially after one and two. John Williams is the wrong choice for this. Interesting. I truly think the movie series got better when uh when Hooper specifically yeah. mm. at, specifically in number five, I think that the score he brings the movie to life in a way that the big heavy John yeah. Williams music never did. I don't I think each composer I need to I would need to like watch maybe the later movies to remember more specifically. The the music in the later movies is very like silly. When I, I think, think about mu- music from Harry Potter, I think about the damn fireworks scene. Oh, I with, th- the, with the strings. I think mm, of all the yeah. very heartfelt like majestic magical music that john williams created you know 100 percent. i i think uh, i think you both have a really good point because like john williams was a great choice for the first couple of movies because john williams can write a theme like nobody's yes. business yeah he can write a memorable theme that stays yes. in your head and like can carry you through seven eight movies uh, yeah. like you can you can keep using them over and over and playing off of them and they are always going to be good I don't think he would have been the best choice for the whole thing. I do think that yeah. they, it was a good move to bring in some fresh blood uh, and like get some different styles in there because I mean H- Hooper's scores slap. Like they're they're just they're yeah. just good. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I would have wanted to see the whole series be composed by um, by John Williams. Because also that's when you get into this this mix of there are all these different directors too. So mm-hmm. I think it is refreshing to get all these other composers come in and add their own mix to it. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I keep trying desperately to think of like any Harry Potter song be- besides the main song. Like this whole time you've been talking, I'm like, what is a song that's in Harry Potter? And my brain just keeps doing the song from the very end of Star Wars where it's like, <laughs> da 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 Really. You know, the the one that's in my head right now is the <laughs> montage music from five when they're uh planning and putting together the DA. Like do 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 like and then it's like it's like 
it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. That is fun. Umbridge's is fun. theme. Guys, why do we A keep plus. talking about other? Why? Okay, this movie. Uh, specifically, I love the night bus theme. I think that's yes. so fitting, and I think it's so perfect for for that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's very jazzy. I love. I love uh, Buckbeak's theme um, and how it returns, like, kind of in different ways throughout the movie. And then mm-hmm. also, I really love the choice in when they're going through, like, the second timeline. I love the choice that there's a constant ticking in the background, and sometimes it's fainter, and sometimes he makes it a little bit more noticeable. Yeah. But it's always there, so that you're reminded that, like... There, there. This is a time traveling. Yeah, sequence. it's kind of like the heartbeat effect in horror films, mm-hmm. where it's like we're thinking about our mortality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> music in movies is such a huge deal for me. Like it can make or break a movie. It could turn a, a bad movie into a fantastic movie. Yeah, easily. Um, I love John Williams. Like he's one of my all time favorites. The Jurassic Park's one of my top movies ever. Yes, um, I love the yes. Star Wars music. I do think he did fantastic for one and two, especially because. All of it sounds like Christmas, right? It sounds like magic, the, right? The his sleigh bells yeah. throughout the first movie. His dude. music smells like fucking nutmeg and cinnamon to me, like <laughs> yeah. the whole time. It's like I could put so on snuggly. a snuggly. I could put on the Harry Potter one soundtrack and 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 like chill out on Christmas Eve. Like we're good, and that's how that movie feels to me too. I will die by the fact that Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is a Christmas movie. I will. I will oh, live and die by yeah. that. Fact. No, you're right. And I do think it, you know that that he does a great job of, of like you said, making memorable themes. The the big pieces from these movies continue to be great. And they use his themes throughout the whole thing. By the time that Alexander Desplat gets his hands on it in seven and, and eight, like it's, it's just this big, you know, amalgamation of, of, of past music that it doesn't even sound yeah, like a, a Desplat so score. To pull from. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that it starts to lose the thread a little bit. John Williams for me has a history of, of sort of phoning movies in after a while, right? Where he like, you we know. all gonna get paid. I don't know. I to- I think I I, I disagree. I, I, I don't think he I think he came in and was like Alfonso's going for a different vibe. I'm gonna go for a new for a new vibe as well. I think the uh the where he really won me here is the music that goes throughout the whole Hogsmeade sequence. Honestly, interesting. I don't even remember that. I don't. I don't think I could sing it to you, but it's like in, I know I'm drawing a in blank my head, for a lot of these things. In right my now. head, there's a way it sounds, and it sounds good. Like like my <laughs> brain like is telling me. Uh-huh. My brain is telling me to mention that, and your and brain bring rem- it up, right? your brain remembers in this like smile. I get it. My brain remembers, but my ears don't. Is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a fun story. Um, when I was a kid, I used to listen to my Walkman every night as I was falling asleep in my bed, and a lot of times it was Christina Aguilera's album "Stripped" because there's a couple songs on that album that start with Christina getting nasty and I would be like yeah I'm 14 and I'm awesome and I would but anyway a lot of the time though I listened to the prisoner of Azkaban soundtrack which let me tell you is simply not the the album to listen to as you're trying to go to to bed because it lulls you off to sleep and then it hits you with some it's got a lot of horns Yeah, and then you're like, no. I would be awake, and I would skip through the night bus, and then I would get into the movie, and I would, like, lull off to sleep, and then when it was werewolf time. And then I would wake up and be like, oh, no, it's werewolf time, and turn my Walkman off and be like, I need Christina Aguilera. <laughs> I need can't fall asleep without Christina Aguilera. <laughs> um, I will also say it was... I think when I like first got my iPod 
and the only music I had on it was like whatever I got, whatever my dad added to it, which was a lot of the music that he had in his iTunes. So I had Dude, a lot that's of like, my whole music experience. No, 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 also. No, except for it was like Glenn Miller Orchestra. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Uh, and then Glenn like Miller. Saturday Night Fever yeah, was on my awesome. iPod. And then weirdly enough, um, the High School Musical soundtrack okay, was on there. Um, and then when I started getting gifted iTunes gift cards, I would purchase... I purchased a lot of random individual songs from the Harry Potter soundtracks, mm. and then I would fall asleep to them. And they were, I believe, Chaotic Gilderoy Evil. Lockhart's um, theme, uh, <laughs> probably like the probably like one of the main Harry Potter themes. Um, the Dumbledore's Army theme, the so fireworks theme, the da 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 da. I'm not doing it good now. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh-huh. peace out. And uh, an Umbridge's theme, and so I would also fall asleep, but it would be to like, it would be to me like imagining Umbridge like terrorizing the school, and I'm like, oh yes, let's go to sleep. <laughs> Mary Clay, is there any last like? Things that we didn't talk about (laughs) that you want to make sure we touch Uh, on. Yeah, let me... Uh, Beaks flight. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. do we think that Dumbledore from the original timeline knew what alternative timeline Harry and Hermione were up to? I think in the books, no, and in the movie, yes. I would agree with that. Because in the movie, he's so funny, and I don't mind that change at all. He's like, um, wait, just a second, look at these strawberries. Like, look at the mountains. Like, look how, like, take a moment and look how beautiful it is. And as they're struggling to get out of the scene, and I like that a lot. That's hilarious. But in the books, he doesn't do anything of the sort. He's just like, we need your signature, dude. And he's like, that makes sense. It's paperwork. I definitely think he knew both. Okay. That's the thing I with Dumbledore. Is you always are like, that's what I love about him, and that's Dumbledore, what I love about Gandalf wait, too. Stop, stop the podcast. Dumbledore can read minds. Like I just like I always forget it. He can read minds. There's more. There's twice as many minds to read in this like square fifteen foot area than he's expecting. Yeah, but of course he knows. But we don't know enough about how legilimency works to know if you can read a mind that you don't know is that there. You have to be yeah, focusing but, on the mind. But also, this is the beautiful thing about Harry Potter, though. This is the beautiful thing about the Harry Potter series, though, is it doesn't fucking matter how the magic works, and it never it has. It can just happen. Every other fantasy series is so bogged down in how magic works, who it works for, whether or not it fucking works or not. Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, every Robert Jordan book, every Brandon Sanderson book, they're all like this. J.K. Rowling was like, fuck it. Magic happens. Deal with it. And that's the thing. That's truly the thing I think she got the most right ever was just being like, there is magic. Let it be. And it doesn't matter. That's what I love about this series. It's, it's who knows how legitimacy works. Who knows how time turners work. Doesn't who gives a shit? It's I'm all from Harry's that. perspective, and Harry's dumb. So that's the thing. Be is Harry's the best true. unreliable narrator yeah. ever because he's so fucking stupid. Yeah. As I, gonna, it's my catchphrase. There's a reason he's not in Ravenclaw. He doesn't. I'm gonna write that whole rant down and post it as a blog on my website, and I'm gonna <laughs> circulate it because that was very I mean, um, beautiful to watch. He just like it just doesn't. The magic is is so secondary to everything else that happens, and like they do the whole thing where the with the twin cores and the, and the and the fighting and the Expelliarmus beats every other. You know, Harry knows two spells ever. Expect a oh Patronum and Expelliarmus, <laughs> and he wins wins wars with it. And you know, it doesn't. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. What's that quote? That's like 
um, like it's better. Well, shit, I don't know the quote at all. But it's like it's better to be really good at one, at oh, one uh, thing. Jack of all the, trades. The master uh, of none. A master with a rock can defeat a novice with a sword. Is that it? N- no, Haley, I've never heard that in my life. But You're thinking of a jack of all trades is master of none. Is that that's the complete phrase? That's. I yes, that's I think that I feel like I feel like there's thinking? something in between those two that I'm looking for, but it doesn't matter. Y'all get me. Um, uh, Haley, was there anything that we haven't covered yet in this episode that you want to make sure we touch on? Um, no, I don't think so. She got oh wait, 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 Tom. Okay, wait. Okay, wait. Okay, okay. You, you just reminded me that <laughs> half an hour ago when I asked who is the worst cast person in this movie, I never gave my answer oh, because my goodness. answer was well, going to be. <laughs> I don't think that was the casting problem. I think it was no, the direction I, I, that I they went for that character. For sure. I was going to bring up Tom and Flitwick, right? Isn't like different in this one? Flitwick is they, different, but I don't mind it. It's they the gave same him actor, a different though. vibe. Yeah. But in the first two, he's like a little more gremlin-y, right? And then in this one, he no, looks it's nicer. Just all co- it's just costume. It's just the aesthetics. Yeah. It's no, the aesthetic but it, change. Flitwick in one has like a like, like more, luxurious brown hair and in another one he's like an old gremlin-y gray-haired I think no. he's he never just has like luxurious an old, brown hair he's what? just an older wizard in, no, in, in one hair. and two I think he's just meant to be like an older wizard and I think probably maybe to remind you more of like what we would imagine a fictional like fantasy dwarf to be maybe they were trying to play into that since he was it, short it, it, so really, are you suggesting that he stylistically had long gray curly hair and then he was like for this next year I'm gonna go back to the brown and then like and an then, Instagram model <laughs> no I well, think- actually I think the actor Warwick Davis talks about this transformation and he refer he he talks about how like oh yeah it's just like Flitwick deciding to get a makeover or something. No, dude. I'm looking at these pictures. Wait. I'm looking at these pictures, and I know you don't know Star Wars Mary Clay, but one looks like after Palpatine got all fried, and the other one looks like before. He got queer eyed. That's what happened in between two and three. Absolutely, he got queer eyed. Yes. They call they called the Fab Five on him. They, I he got like. That. Can they take like twenty years off? I guess they can. I'm, it's have magic. you watched that whatever. show? Yes. Yeah, no, that's true. Right. I've that cried. I've cried watching that show. We all time. have. Um, <laughs> he's on. also the charms master. Like, if anybody could do it, it's him. <laughs> but he could be like, I have better um, hair now. Shwoof. I didn't real quick. I didn't give enough love to that scene when Fred and George give Harry the Marauders map because in that moment they are like the most Fred and George they've ever been, Aww, and I just yeah. love that moment. Of, it is very is that, cute. Is that Dumbledore? Dumbledore in his study pacing. He does that often. So this map shows everyone, everyone, what they're doing every minute Mary of Clay. every day. <laughs> Mary Clay, before we started recording, I the, you I recommended that you play two different twins from the parent trap oh, earlier, earlier in this phone call. <laughs> so the prophecy uh, has come no, true. <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely think they let Fred and George be Fred and George more in this movie than the previous two. I enjoyed it. And yeah. it set a great precedent, honestly. Yeah. So, Ethan, is there anything about this movie that that you want to make sure we touch on um, before we wrap I it up? I do just want to talk about the freeze frame at the end and how oh, yeah. no, painful don't it is. No, 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 no. Let's talk about it. Like I said, <laughs> this movie is not perfect. It has they, its faults. And that freeze frame is, one is unfortunately one of them. They do their very best to ruin this movie right at the end. Just, it's not good. They didn't need it to be a freeze frame. He could have just flown off into the distance and then Iris closes on him as he flies away. That would have been yeah. fine. But they yep. decided to do Breakfast Club on him for some reason. 
If they had played <laughs> Don't You Forget About Me by <laughs> Tim Line, it would have been better. Don't you forget about me. I was thinking about pos- about doing like a TikTok edit with that. <laughs> I mean, I still think my favorite video ever is the like, about Harry Potter, is the video of like, what if we turned uh, number six into a teen rom-com? A rom-com, yeah. Yes, that is a great, I'll, I'll link that in the show notes. Oh that's my God, it's just like, that's all I can think about when I think about that movie now is that freaking, I am the chosen one. <laughs> I am the With chosen the, the, you know, whatever generic guitar music I read. No, I, I, I think we hit all of it. It's, you know, I thoroughly enjoy this movie. Um, I think it's great. Uh, like I said, it's it's my second least favorite book um, ahead of Chamber. But we should have had Tyler on. Tyler loves this movie. He does. He Aww. is he is an apologist <laughs> for this movie and this uh, book. Um, no, but it- <laughs> yeah, I I'm a, I'm a fan. I enjoy it. Um, yeah, I would agree. I I I like the book a lot. It's one. It is one of my favorite. I've always said that the the third book is the best and the, the best. The fourth the movie is fourth. Pure entertainment. You think the fourth movie is just the best one? I'm allowed to have my opinion. Here we and go. Moving on. Fight! Fight! Um, fight! No, Everybody hates fourth the- movie except Christina and me. I run the podcast and we're moving on. Um, but um, like I, I enjoy this book and I enjoy this movie and I feel like I'm able to just kind of be like, well, they didn't include everything and like, that's fine. Because um, I've been burned worse like by too. other books before. Um, and some some adaptations are so bad we don't even mention. Um, okay, great. So or I will spend the next five months covering it on my podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, dude. Wait. I'll be there for that. Just though. you wait. <laughs> Just you Mark, Just yeah, you uh, mark your calendar, uh, Ethan. Bacon and Eggs will be covering The Hobbit probably end of July, Excellent. early August. Yes, absolutely. Get ready. I believe the Hobbit movies are on the Peacock app, by the way. Are I have they? to I have to mute my t- the ad for it comes on every now huh. and then, and I have to scramble to mute the TV, and then I close my eyes for 30 seconds. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I, I look forward to seeing you so we can talk about three Hobbit movies. <laughs> Okay, wow. Um, wow. The Hobbit movie. That was a, to- that was a total change. We were talking about bad adaptations <laughs> that we don't talk about, except for I'm going to have to talk about The first about thing it. I thought about was Series <laughs> of Fortune Events, the movie. Oh, oh, no. But see, that's a... that's a. I, I know it's not accurate at all, but I enjoy it so much. <laughs> see, there's some fandoms that I'm just so devoted to that I'm willing to accept the book and the movie as like different entities and like I don't think Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban like counts for that but my greatest example is Ella Enchanted the movie just could not be more tonally different from the book but I love them both so much you mean the book doesn't end with a musical number to wow like can you even believe can you even the book is serious okay really (laughs) um honestly I was right now years old when I found out that Ella Enchanted is a book me too what? Shut the fuck up. That's okay, Haley, book. what were you going to say? Um, it's a great it, book. I mean, it's a good book, but what I was going to say is that the book doesn't end with a musical number to its detriment, uh, although I do <laughs> enjoy the book. Uh, but yeah, yeah they great. like you know that's what they did right with that movie is they had a clear idea of what they were going to do and they were like okay we are going to make this a weird adaptation not every <laughs> we're, book we're can going have to musical a night's tale this yeah i know definitely not all books are appropriate for musical yeah, numbers they can't all be the hunger games audiobooks <laughs> <laughs> where tatiana maslani from orphan black sings uh the hanging tree but to a different tune they use in the movies oh my god T- today that's in this beautiful. essay i will describe why i hate <laughs> i fucking hate the Hunger Games audiobooks is because they had an established tune for that song, they used it in the movies, and they re-recorded the audiobooks, and they invented a new tune for that fucking song. Wow. Why? Work smart, not hurt. Am I right? Just <sighs> use the tune we got already. Or you can listen to The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings audiobooks, 
where the songs are set to a tune that you probably heard if you went to an Episcopal church in your childhood. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a great place to end this episode on up. Um, cool. Let's let's move on to some plugs. Haley, will you please let people know where they can find you on the internet? Thank you for reminding me, Christina, um, since I always forget. Uh, I'm Haley. You can follow me on Twitter, if you must, at the writ to wit um, Oh, God, I forgot we do plugs. Yeah, well, just what what I, do you have to recommend? Uh, honestly, I've like I already recommended Shadow and Bone, but I've rewatched it three times since then. So like, I'm just gonna recommend it again. Shit. It's just good. Okay, all right, that's a great that's great. Mary Clay, where can people find you on the internet? Interweb, <laughs> I guess the is what I just works said. <laughs> as well, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at MC WhatsApp and Instagram at MC Turned Down for What, and you can listen to my podcast. That's what I'm talking about. I did a lot of ragging on it. <laughs> I realize it's just because the Hobbit isn't that exciting, but the podcast no, is better. You. I promise. Go listen to it. Um, <laughs> it's about to get uh, more exciting. Is I that believe spoiling? no. It is. It is. Actually, it's I don't gotta know. Eventually, <laughs> stories. <laughs> it's simply. I don't must. know. There's only sixty pages left, and I'm and they've already killed Smaug, and I thought that was gonna be the rest of the book. So, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Hobbit happen. spoilers. Jeez, Louise. Anyway, um, my plug is Bo Burnham's new special, Inside. Uh, it's all I've been able to think about the past couple days. It's definitely yeah. not. I've heard people phrase it of like as like. It's not a comedy special. It's like an indie uh, psychological thriller about someone who is trying to make a comedy special. Yeah. And Bo Burnham, while he is like a comedian right now, the way his like career has taken him, he's more like a performance artist who talks about like the act of performing comedy. Yeah. And that's I I watched that last night and it was very like poignant and beautiful. Yeah. It's I I haven't stopped thinking about it and I'm probably gonna watch it again later this week. So I highly recommend it. It's not a fun time. I've been telling people to watch it on Good Mental Health Days because it really yeah. sets you up to be a comedy special. You know what I mean? And it gets it and it, at the end it's not it's not. I funny mean, given the given the way that Make Happy his uh, previous special, um, given the way that Make Happy ended, right. Uh, I figure, and then he took a you know a five year, six year break from comedy. I figured this wouldn't be a super fun slam a jam a ding dong time, but uh, and I was right. So yeah. go listen to it. it <laughs> go is, watch it. It's, it's super worth watching. Um, Ethan, what about you? Where can people find you on the internet? Hear your voice on the internet. Cool. You can find me on Instagram at Edgehill Photos. That's E D G H I L L. No second E in that. You can find me on Twitter at Wow Now. That's W zero W N zero W. Uh, I am on the Bacon and Eggs Movie Lovers podcast every Thursday where we get your podcast now on Spotify, and I am on Late to the Party, a actual play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast uh, every other Monday wherever you get your podcasts and also on Spotify. You can find my band, Drop the Girl, wherever music is sold or given away for free, and <laughs> you can also... Um, I don't know what else to do. Oh, I've been uh, I, I've read uh, 77 books this year so far, and I'm writing reviews Damn. for them. Um where on current well currently i'm, I'm redesigning my website ethanitchell.com having it redesigned so i can post that as like a, a blog but my i've got 10 of them so far and they're on the they're for free on the bacon and eggs page so like, that's awesome on the bacon and eggs it's patreon.com slash bacon and eggs i'm doing 280 word maximum book reviews that's very cool also we, i've we read 77 like books, books and it's fucking and congratulations yeah. dude i'm in a reading challenge i'm in second place <laughs> 
Yeah, my goal was two books a month, and I think I'm well behind that. So <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I've been setting my reading goal for 30 books a year, and it's been a little hard to keep up. So really good job. I, uh, well, I took most of May off, honestly, to do other things, because like I read, I think, 27 books in April. Jeez, um, that's incredible, yeah, dude. Okay. So I'm, in, I'm in awe. It's been something for sure. Uh, do you do other things besides your read? Like, yeah. how do you? How do people make time for this? Well, I do a lot of audiobooks. Um, yes, also, that's I what's up. I don't have a the, traditional they job. They cheat is the answer. No, that's I'm just true. kidding. Audiobooks are a valid form audiobooks of consuming books. Va- the official pod stance is uh, that audiobooks are valid as so well. I play a lot of video games and listen to a lot of audiobooks at the same time, which people think that's I'm awesome. insane for. But no, my brain would wait, not I'm, be able to do that. I'm with you on that. I listen to podcasts while I play video games all the time. Oh my god, like I could fun never. Fighting. Fun fighting then I'm, like, then I'm like, oh my god, I just missed that whole bit. Let me rewind five minutes. Oh, I have... I've and never then I'm once... like, oh, I just missed that whole bit. Let me rewind five minutes. <laughs> Mary Clay, when I played Breath of the Wild, I never once turned the sound on. Yeah, it's games without like all these cutscenes and stuff, you know. I'm like... sorry, you didn't turn the sound on in Breath of the Wild. No, it's absolutely I was listening beautiful. to the adventure sound the whole time. It makes it in- it makes it so atmospheric. I'm with you, no, dude. I'm sorry. No, you don't. You don't know the experience of playing Breath of the Wild until you're walking through a peaceful meadow, and then all of a sudden you hear that damn Guardian music, and it's like do 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 do. And you're like, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Where is it? Where is it? Currently, I just get zapped out of nowhere because I can't hear the music. Yeah, no, there's like a jazz piano. Another another fun game to to play while you're listening to podcasts or audiobooks is um, Shadow of War or Shadow of Mordor. They have the exact same game mechanics and it's just punch sharks in the face and Hell it's very yeah. good. Um, I will probably finish number 78 tonight. What do you, What is it? Uh, it's a it's a book called We Sold Our Souls. Uh, oh, you said that so cheerfully for about, what it was. Um, <laughs> about a metal musician whose band gets taken over by Satan. Cool. I think, That's I very... I, think, I don't know why I thought you were going to say, oh, it's We Bought a Zoo. <laughs> I, cur- I currently, in the book, uh, the the lead character is trying to break out of a celebrity rehab, which has been taken over by... Whoa. Um, okay, so that sounds it's really free on the Audible Plus catalog, so <laughs> it's a good time. Hell Yeah. I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at Christina the Con. You can follow me on Twitter at Christina Con. You can follow me on TikTok at Sprouts Private Stash. That's where you can find me on the internet. Um, I want to take this opportunity to plug each and every one of the WBNE podcasts that's been mentioned on this episode and the ones that haven't been mentioned on this episode because they're all just so incredibly excellent. And I also would like to plug lo-fi hip-hop as a genre. I um, <laughs> Just in general. <laughs> I started a new job this week. I spent last weekend at the beach with seven of my best girlfriends, which was a particular brand of fun. And I slept in between two of them, and no one sleeps silently. So lo-fi hip-hop has been my friend for many days now. It provides, it provides good vibes. Yeah, yeah, I've been listening to it at the office because it's like no one mad. They're like, put on some music. Come on, what do you got? Show us. And I'm like, it's not, you don't. You should just put on okay, full blast Lil Nas X. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, very sing- that. That's it. Um, Ethan, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute blast. I'd love to come on sometime and talk about a chapter of one of these lovely books. Yes, please. We need help with Goblet of Fire. It's so long. Absolutely. It really is. <laughs> Jesus. If you think that's long, just wait till no, you see I the know. one that comes after that. I know. It, we're going to be doing like, this podcast for like, so please long. Please don't tell me. Please don't tell me. <laughs> Look, I don't know where my next guest is coming from after next week, so I get it. <laughs> See, I have one, one me. There's one me and one host, and it's great. We sometimes yes. have guests, but we'd never have to have a guest, and that's the brilliant right. thing. 
That's what's up. Going back a year and a half, two years ago in my life, I would have told Mary Clay to find a friend and not do alone. <laughs> well, then I'll be honest with you. I probably never would have made the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> if you were like, you have to find someone you like enough to co-host a podcast with you, I would be like, I don't think the podcast is going to get made because I don't Guys. think I know anyone who will do that. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's the end of The Prisoner of Azkaban. And as a reminder, we're going to be on a little bit of a hiatus over the summer, but we will be back along with the Hogwarts Express on September 1st and maybe look out for a couple fun bonus episodes. Until next time, (laughs) he was that friend. Come on, everybody. He was was that friend. He was that friend. Hi, my name is Sam, and I've recently become an adult. But let's be honest, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Like... Can I still enjoy the kiddie rides at theme parks? And how do I look important and feel relaxed while traveling? Join me as I ask people how they are content with their life and feel capable as a functioning adult in society. Each Monday, myself and a guest will chat about a topic they feel passionate about and our adventures and struggles of being an adult in the real world. The Restricted Section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod or shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. He was their friend, and he betrayed them. He was their friend! That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.